Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. We're talking about advancing the kingdom, and today is part three. And and uh, I want to change the name of it. I tell you, I was sitting here and I felt like God said, "You know, we need to change the name of this today." The name of this message is, "We're going to the other side." I want you to tell your neighbor, "You going to the other side?" Come on, tell somebody, say, you going to the other side. You hear me? You hear what I'm talking about? Woo, I tell you what, God just dropped a nugget in my heart. God just dropped a nugget in my heart. This is, you need to get this right now. Some of you are going through some things, and here's what the Holy Spirit just said to me. He said, you tell them there is the other side of this thing. I said, there is another, the, the other side of this thing. There is the other side, and you're going to the other side. You're not going to stay stuck. You are going to the other side. And so there is another side of this thing and you're going to cross over and you're going to make it to the other side. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, when we began this series a few weeks ago, uh, you know, I said there's five points of truth really that, that God really had caused to come alive in my heart, at least five for now. It may get more before it's over, probably will. We talked last week about God is faithful. How many of you know God is faithful to give gifts unto men? God has gifted you. God has blessed you. God is faithful. Now, your gifting may be different and is different from anybody else's, but you can't say you're not gifted. God is faithful. He gives gifts unto men. He gives gifts unto us. So we talked about that. Today we're going to talk about, and we're talking about we're going to the other side. That's what we're going to title this. But we're talking about we have an enemy. And I, I don't have a long time to talk today. So I thought, you know, the day that I have the, the shortest time to talk about, that's the Sunday I'm going to talk about the enemy. Because I tell you what, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about him other than the fact to know that Jesus has defeated him. But we do also have to be aware of his tactics. Of, of, uh, of, of how he operates. But we're talking about God is faithful. We have an enemy. We're also going to talk about next week. And this is going to be probably in a different uh, a way of approaching this. We are accountable. But I'm going to show you something next week that can change our city. Not just our church, but change our city. Change your city. Change your business. Change, change your family. Change everything. We are accountable. But... Not only are we accountable, we're empowered, and we're called to worship. And worship is supposed to change atmospheres, communities. But anyway, all right, Luke 8 today, Luke 8, 22 through 25, and we're going to celebrate the Lord's table here in just a little while. It happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. All right, you've got to do this with your neighbor. Say, let's cross over to the other side. And as they launched out, and they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. I tell you, Jesus walked in perfect peace. If you see the boat, if you go with us to Israel next year, and you see one of those boats that they were in, and you can, Teddy, I mean, seeing that and knowing that Jesus was able to fall asleep in that boat, in a storm like that, tells you this man, he, he knew what it was to operate in shalom. If you haven't heard that teaching, you need to go back and find it. 
because your soul is designed to operate in shalom. When you come into God, you come into shalom, the shalom of God. Tell your neighbor, shalom to you. Tell them the shalom of God be upon you. Well, the storm's brewing and Jesus is asleep. And the windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water. The boat was and were in jeopardy. They came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are about to die. Jesus, we going under and look at you sleeping while we're about to, everything in my world, our world is falling apart. And Jesus, here you are asleep. They had to wake him up. He arose, he rebuked the wind and, and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? They were afraid and marveled, saying one to another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Look with me also at Ephesians chapter 6, the passage that almost everybody that's been in church very long and in this kind of church very long knows, but we need to be reminded of. Finally, my brethren, beginning at verse 10, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say strong. And in the power of his might. Amen. Power of his might. Listen to this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles. And that word there for wiles means schemes. That you may be able to stand against the wiles or the scheming of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Look also, if you would, very quickly flip back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, another very familiar passage, beginning at verse 4 and verse 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not of the flesh. They are of the spirit. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, fortresses, casting down imaginations. Another word for that is, listen, arguments. Arguments. Everybody say arguments. Casting down arguments. Let me just pause here. How many of you were here last Sunday? How many of you got to hear Coach Scota's testimony? All right, let me tell you. That was an example of spiritual warfare. Now, there are all kinds of spiritual warfare, but that is one example. And to me, the most common example of spiritual warfare is you have to cast down arguments that exalts themselves against the knowledge of God. In other words, they're walking through uh, uh, some difficulty. And by the way, Coach, I had people during the week say, man, what Coach shared, that's where we are too. So that lets me know this is a concerted effort by the organized powers of darkness to try to come against the plan of God. But Coach said, no, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that. The, the, uh, if you weren't here, what happened was they, they, they begin to, uh, on their way to church, I believe it was, Coach, and, and the, uh, the, uh, it's almost like the enemy whispered, said, why don't you just back off? Back off and you're giving. Back off and all these things. You know, you've got all these other things going on. Why don't you just back off? Everybody say, cast down arguments. 
part of spiritual warfare is that arguments that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God must be cast down. I don't receive that. I don't, I don't walk in that. That's not what I'm going to do. And, and that's the, the great testimony that we were able to hear. So it says, casting down imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, every thought. That means every thought that I have must pass a test. Is this biblical? Is this godly? Is this God's purpose? Is this God's will? And if it is not, I will not dwell there. I will not entertain it. I will cast it down. I'm not going to live anywhere that God's thoughts aren't the primary driving force and controlling force in my life. I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to allow it. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. You know, many of you are, 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 well, all of us really in here are this way. You know, you like the disciples, their day started off qu- calm and quiet until Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Anybody ever been there? I'm going to go to the other side in, the, in my business. I'm going to go to the other side in my family. I'm going to go to the other side of this thing. I'm going to go to the other side in my ministry. I'm going, I'm going to go to the other side in, in the things God have call, has called me to do. And as soon as they decided that they were going to go to the other side, things begin to happen. Anybody trying to operate in God's purpose who is believing for a future that is marked by the favor of God, anybody who is taking new territory, listen to this, must understand Warfare is involved. I said warfare is involved. Now, there is warfare that is going on all the time. We just don't recognize it as warfare. And here is the news. Well, it's good news, I think. Some of us say it's bad news, but I got here it is. If you're here, you're in the warfare whether you like it or not. You going to come to a house like this? <laughs> Brother Scotty, don't tell people that. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. You're in it whether you want to be in it or not. There are no bitch sitters out here. I said there are no bench sitters out here. And even though there's warfare going on, it helps if we realize that the battle isn't about just us, even though it's over us. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about the fact that the enemy hates God and he hates what God loves. I want you to say, God loves me. me. Now that's good news. But the other side of that is when you know God loves you, then also you got to realize the enemy hates you because he hates what God loves. And here's the good news too. God loves you even when you're not lovable. Even when you've messed up. But just realize and know that the enemy 
hates you. And why he hates you. Once God declares that movement is about to happen in your life, enemies show up, waves start showing up, storms start showing up, and they create wind and waves to rock your boat. And so what are we saying? Here it is. There is an enemy, and he operates from the spiritual realm. And when you follow Jesus, you will face opposition. Now, we've already established that God has something unique for each of us to do. And when you know that, you also know that the enemy doesn't like it. His desire is to see that the purposes of God aren't accomplished. His purpose is to hate and to be adversarial to the purpose of God in your life. Now, let's get it down to right where we live. The enemy's plan ultimately is to kill is to kill you, to steal from you, and destroy you. I'm going to tell you, the enemy is not just out to give you a bad hair day. <laughs> I, you know, I guess I'm not trying to be overly weird, but I, you know, I just believe that when attacks come, there is more behind it than just the attack itself. There is something in my life that is the enemy is trying to destroy that he knows is going to take me where I need to go and not just me, but somebody else. Stuff starts breaking down. Stuff starts tearing up. This starts going wrong. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what he's after. He's after just back up. Just ease up. Just let up. In fact, why don't you just turn the boat around and go back to shore? I mean, come on. After all, everybody don't have to go to the other side. Don't you know? You can just go back to shore and get out of the weather and like God, I mean, come on. Somebody else can do that. But I want somebody in this house this morning to say, we're going to the other side. So the bottom line is this. The devil doesn't like you and he wants to take you down. And let me tell you what really irritates him and what really makes him bad and what he really hates is those areas in your life that are most like Jesus. Stay with me. I mean, if you are somebody who is walking in revelation about your giving, you are a giver. I mean, you don't just tithe. I mean, you putting in the bucket, you walking up while I'm preaching, you putting in the wagon, you looking out for people who you can give to and who you can bless. Let me tell you, he hates that about you. He hates that about you because listen, watch this. Anything in your life that reminds him of Jesus gets him upset. Mm. So you know what? I'm just going to get more and more like Jesus so I can aggravate the stew out of the devil. Anybody want to join me in this house? Lord, we're going to be more and more like you. Man, you got, listen, healing reminds him of Jesus. Deliverance reminds him of Jesus. All of these things remind him of Jesus in our lives and it irritates him. So there is a God who intends for your divine assignment to be accomplished. Can I get an amen? Amen. I said there is a God who intends for your divine assignment and purpose in this earth 
to be accomplished and to be carried out. You ought to give God praise for that. But there is an enemy who intends for it to never take place. That's why you can't quit. You can't give up on following your God-given dreams. In fact, this morning, I drive out right now by the Spirit of God. I drive out in Jesus' name. I drive out of this house that spirit of quit in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, you've been through some church hurts. You've been through some church pain. Some of you come in here out of places where you were abused and taken advantage of, and you had all kind of things going on. And you what? You, at times you felt like I'm not going back to church anymore. I'm not. Some of you watching online, my God, I feel this. You watching online, you've been hurt. You have been misunderstood. You have been taken advantage of. In the name of Jesus, I declare the Spirit of God is rising up in you. I drive out the Spirit of quit in Jesus' name. You don't need to quit on church. You just need to find the right place. You just need to find somebody who will love you. You just need to find out that God has good intentions for you and God has purpose for your life. I drive the Spirit of quit out of your life in Jesus' name. Somebody say no. No. There is too much at stake for the kingdom, for your life, your ministry, your calling, your children, your future generations. There is too much at stake. So let's make a declaration. Everybody say, I am here here for a God-given purpose. Now, you know, the very fact that you're being attacked should really be encouraging because let me tell you why there would be no point to the enemy's harassment if you weren't here for a God-breathed purpose. (laughs) I wish somebody in one house would say, I got something to do. My God, I got something. Hey, listen. I got something. There is something waiting for me on the other side. On the other side, there's a demoniac that's waiting to be delivered. (laughs) There's a man walking among the tombs. There's a revival about to break out. There's lives about to be changed. God has something for you to do on that other side. And the enemy isn't just fighting you not only, though, for what you're doing. He's fighting you for who you're becoming. Testing and trouble comes into your life to challenge who you are, not just who you do. Jesus got in the temptation of the wilderness. And at every turn, the enemy said to him, if you're really, won't you do this? He wasn't just challenging what Jesus was going to do. His ultimate purpose was to destroy the image of who Jesus was on the inside. Are you hearing me this morning? To doubt he was called by God. To doubt he was anointed by God. To doubt that God had a purpose for him. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, amen. Come on, brother. Help me this morning. And God's definition of winning a battle has nothing to do with how much money you recover or the status you gain. That's why Jesus had to tell the devil, look, I don't have to do any of this thing, any of this to prove anything to you. I know who I am. I know whom I have believed and I 
I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Do you hear me, devil? I know who I am. Satan's fight is to try to make you out to be something different than who you really are. So, even though there is an enemy that wants to destroy you, remember this. God has you and he will preserve that which is committed to him. I want you to say, God's got me. Hallelujah, God's got me. God's got me. Let me read you a passage out of Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, says this. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. How many forgiven people in the house today? Wave at me. Watch this. Having wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against you. Whoo. I'm trying, I, gotta, I can't stop because I will never get where we're going. Which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Oh, my God. Here it is. Having disarmed principalities, pow and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The main weapon of spiritual warfare that the enemy uses is deceit and lies. I said deceit and lies. The laws that were written against us, the word says, were nailed to the cross. But not only that, how many of you believe you're forgiven? How many of you know you're forgiven? Well, the same verse that says you're forgiven says the principalities and powers were defeated. I'm going to take about four and a half minutes to show you a video testimony right now. And let me explain something about this. I don't have time to go into all the background of it. I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. You cannot buy the favor of God and you can't buy the protection of God. But there are promises that go with putting yourself in a place of obedience to God for instance, in, in Malachi, he says, you know, uh, bring all the tithes in the storehouse and I will rebuke the devourer. I will, re- I will be, God said, I'll do it. You can, you know, interesting passage in, uh, in Jude says that, uh, 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 one of the, Michael, the archangel and the devil got in a struggle over the body of Moses. And you know what Michael said to the devil? The Lord rebuke you. I'm just telling you, there'll be times in your life when you put you, you position, I guess what I'm trying to say is position yourself in a place where God's abundance is manifested in your life and realize and know that there'll be times when the Lord will rise up and rebuke the devil. Just like Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. I'm in a place where the principalities and powers are defeated. Let's watch this video and get this testimony real quick. I'm going to tell you one more story. This summer, my, one of my little granddaughters drowned in the pool. Uh, just a little squirt. And they were fooling around with a side vent. And she has long hair and she didn't do it right for the pool. And it sucked her into the side vent. 
her daddy was there and her mom was there and some other kids and such. And it drew her right against the pool. And she drowned. And so finally one of the other little kids come running up to her daddy, my son-in-law, and said, we don't, Jaden's not moving. We don't think she's fooling around. So, of course, he ran over there. He said, I put both feet against that pool, Dad, and grabbed her hair and could barely get her free from the side of that swimming pool. But he said it was kind of too late. I threw her up on the deck. And uh, me and a friend tried to do the, whatever CPR we knew. And, uh, and it just got worse. And finally, the you know, shortening the story, finally the, the, the first responders came, you know, and they're working on her. And it's going on five minutes I kept hearing the one, the one emergency person kept saying to my son-in-law, there's no pulse, there's no breath, she's already turned color, she's cold, and other signs that happen to your body when you die. And she's laying on that deck. And I asked the responder later uh, at the hospital, he said, he said, I looked down, we did everything we could do, Reverend, for that little girl. We do this all the time. And I look down and, and, you know, we watch our clocks for different things. And I look down and I'm looking at five minutes plus. And I, my brain is saying, even if she comes to, which she's not going to now, she'll have brain damage and other things. And then I started to, you know, push the signal that I'm going to have a dead on arrival. And I'm down there and I lifted my hands off that little girl. And I looked to your daughter to shake my head no. And he said, your son-in-law screamed out a blood-curdling like I've never heard before. No, Satan, you cannot have my baby. We are tithers. God will rebuke you today. And that, that, that paramedic, not a Christian, he said, that, i never seen it. He said, that little body jumped about that far right off that deck. Just jumped up, opened her eyes, and said, Can somebody turn off the pool, please? That was her first word. They took her to the... You can clap once. Go ahead. That's a mighty mirror. That's a mighty mirror. Clap real good. Come on. That's a mighty miracle. Clap real good. That's a mighty miracle. Praise God for it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for it. God. That's the God we serve. That's the God we preach about. Just remain standing. I got to quit. Uh, stay up with me. Uh, they took her to the hospital and the doctor's standing there. And when they arrived, and I'm there by now, and they arrived and the doctor said, you know, they unload the ambulance and little Jaden comes walking out. And the doctor's looking around. He goes, where's the girl that died? The drowning victim. And the emergency crew's going. And, and then he said, no, 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 no. I was called in because somebody drowned. The last part of that that you didn't get to hear was the doctor said, 
What happened to you? He asked the little girl. He said, she said, oh, I'm just like Jesus. He died and rose again. So did I. I wish somebody would say, Jesus gave us victory. There are times when we have to stand and break the spirit of defeat, when we renounce the lies of the enemy. I've already said all bondage begins with a lie, but we must set ourselves up to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, according to Romans 12. So I want you to stand with me right now, and we're going to receive communion after this. But what I am declaring today is the lies of the enemy are broken off of our lives. The lives of the enemy are broken off of our family. The lives of the, in- lies of the enemy are broken off of our future. Amen. The lies of the enemy are defeated today in Jesus' mighty name. And I want us to make some declarations over ourselves, over our house, over our future, over the plans of God on us. And I want us to break some things right now. So guys, if you will, put as much of those, uh, that prayer up there as you can uh, on the next part of that where I say, let's declare it. And we begin by Heavenly Father. If, uh, if you don't have it, I'll have to uh, just get them to repeat after me. It's not at, do you have it, not have it? Uh, where are we? Okay, I don't see any heads nodding either way. So I'll tell you what, we'll try this and we'll, we'll just go. Everybody say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. By, the me, by the authority you have given me. I take authority over Satan. I, take authority over Satan. I address every demonic spirit. I in opposition to your plan and purpose for my life. I do this in Jesus' name. In his name, Satan, I command you to go. In Jesus' name. By his blood and authority. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Myself and my family are covered by the blood of the Lamb. We have overcome by the word of our testimony and belief in Jesus Christ. We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. The seed that lives and abides forever. The word of God is living. It's active. It's sharp. Sharper than any two-edged sword. In the name of Jesus and by the word of God and by the blood of the Lamb, we are free today. I rebuke every spirit of insecurity and inferiority. Fear. Rejection. Self-hate. Self-pity. Self-destruction. In Jesus' name, go. You cannot stand. Suicide. I command you in the name of Jesus, go right now. Every spirit of criticism, judgmentalism, arrogance, prejudice, racism, I command you in the name of Jesus, go. Every spirit of sickness, disease, infirmity, chronic health issues. In Jesus' name, I command you, go. In the name of Jesus, 
I break every word, every curse, every spell, anything spoken over my brothers or my sisters. Go. Every generational curse. In Jesus' name, I command you, go right now. Every demonic spirit that has held anyone in bondage, in Jesus' name, I command you, go right now. I will receive the Lord's Supper in full faith for everything Jesus accomplished by his shed blood and broken body. Thank you, Jesus. The enemy is defeated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to share as we uh, take the juice and the wafer, of course, which is represents what Christ did for us. Uh, those of you that are dealing with depression or maybe you've hit a hard place in your life and, you know, our feelings just seem so true. I've hit a lot of crossroads in my life. They were real dark places. And I hit those places because I believed the wrong thing. But my salvation was the fact that even though I was believing the wrong thing and the dark feelings I had felt so true, I knew that it wasn't God's truth. I still knew that even though I was in that place and it felt so real and true, that God's truth was higher, that God is, you are still bigger than I am. And so those of you that are experiencing depression or any type of place or crossroads in your life where you feel so stuck, I just encourage you as, you, as we take these elements, if you'll just step out in the aisle or step up here, just as an act of faith to say, God, I humble myself and say what, what I'm feeling is not truth. Who you are and what you say is truth. That's what we got to go on. That's what's going to take us to the other side. And it always will. And it's not by our hard work. It's not just cognitive. Okay, i got to repeat this over a million times. It's not that. But our words are faith. And as we speak this out and on a daily basis, I cannot tell you the times through m many tears and a lot of heartache, I would walk through my house and I would declare, I am going to be okay. I am going to be okay. God is going to show up in my life. He is going to bring revelation and manifestation. You don't have to constantly give in to what you're feeling. Yeah, it may feel true, but it's not God's truth. It is God's, not God's truth for you. God's truth is always freedom. God's truth is always love. And so by your act of faith, walking up here today and say, God, you are bigger than I am, and I know that your truth is going to set me free. So oh, uh, don't give up. Do not give up. And as you begin to agree with God on a daily basis in your situation, Watch and see what God will bring into your life. Your words and your faith is going to set spiritual movements moving forward in your life. No telling what God will bring. Maybe a person, maybe a book, I don't know, maybe all of those things. It takes a lot of things for us to be whole. You know, it's never just one thing. So I just encourage you as you take this, 
take a step of faith and step out and acknowledge to God and yourself what I feel might feel true to me and it might feel really bad, but it is not God's truth. So just receive what he has and just know that you are going to the other side. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.